to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. This is our first episode after our summer hiatus. I was away for four weeks on a family road trip. If you're curious about this trip, you can head to my LinkedIn, um, where I wrote a few articles about what happened along the way during our family trip for work and for pleasure. Um, Lots of interesting stories about work while I was away. And while I was away, I hope you were able to enjoy some of our incredible archived episodes. So I'm grateful that you tuned back in, and we're super grateful for your support of our show. So now on to this week's episode. It features Jacqueline Gutierrez. She's the founder of Beauty Backer. I met Jacqueline through our friends at the Beauty and Money Summit. She's actually launching Beauty Backer there at the next summit, which is on September 26th in New York City. If you're curious about the event, head to their website. You'll learn about the agenda for the day and the speakers. Our podcast is a very proud media partner with the Beauty and Money Summit, and I will be there on September 26th for great networking and learning. And if you are at the event, please um, tap me on the shoulder and say hi. I hope you enjoy this show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. I am on the line with Jacqueline Gutierrez. She is the founder of Beauty Backer. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Well, thank you for um, joining our show. So this is an unusual format for us since we're usually live in the studio. But um, today we're doing this show over the recorded line because uh, we're going to get to meet face-to-face for the first time in a few weeks at the Beauty and Money Summit in New York, where, where you will be actually launching Beauty Backer, which is so exciting. Yeah that, yeah, that is super exciting. I will be launching at the event. I'm also a speaker at the event, so I'll be covering the crowdfunding session at the Beauty and Money Summit. So before we dive into your background, um, which I'm excited to do, why don't you tell us what we can expect from Beauty Backer when you launch it? Absolutely. So Beauty Backer is really um, a platform that I believe is going to change the beauty industry for both the founders and the backers that um, basically people that are defined as beauty lovers who, you know, they're the types of people who will traditionally go to YouTube to check out the latest, you know, makeup applications and they follow influencers. They're not really people who use crowdfunding today. And from a founder's perspective, you know, there are a lot of up and coming beauty startups that they struggle to find that early stage funding. So Beauty Backer really is a is a crowdfunding platform that you can kind of look at as a marketplace that brings those early stage founders and those beauty lovers together so that the founders can help get the funding and resources so they can start and grow their business and do that early proof of concept. And the backers get their hands on the latest and greatest beauty products before they're hitting the shelves of retailers everywhere. So it's really a win-win for both sides. Um, it, it's really kind of think of it like a, uh, like a community in many ways. It is a crowdfunding platform. So for your audience members who are familiar with rewards-based crowdfunding. Um, Right now, what a lot of founders will do is, if they're looking for that early-stage funding, they'll go out to a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. And the challenge that they'll have is that there aren't any beauty-centric categories on either of those platforms. So those founders generally end up putting themselves in a completely non-related category 
where nobody knows they exist, they're not going to get any visibility, and nine times out of ten, if not closer to 9.9 times out of ten, um, those founders end up with campaigns that don't do really well. So that's why I created Beauty Backer, was to be a solution for that ongoing problem so that founders can have access to crowdfunding the same way that technology and gaming companies do today. I love this idea. And um, one of the number one questions I get from brands when I meet them through my day job at Base Beauty is um, where, where can I access capital? Um, so, you know, certainly there's a, there's a void waiting to be filled. It's a super cool for you. So um, I want to go... I want to go into your background because the way that this idea came about is slightly unusual. Um, I wasn't expecting that um, Beauty Backer would have been created because you're working on a hair extension company. So tell me yeah. where you were and your mindset was when this idea came to light. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because I've, I've worked in technology as part of my um, career for the past 15 years. and um, But I've always been an inventor at heart. So... I've been an amateur adventure since I've been was 16 years old, and I've created a lot of products. Unfortunately, I always hit the same space in, in my um, product development that a lot of other inventors hit, which is where I ran out of money. Um, so I, I was working on a, a new project, uh, hair extensions, as you said. Uh, I had invented a new way of uh, applying hair extensions without any damage to the hair not using combs or anything of that nature. And um, I, this time I did get myself a business partner, so I wouldn't run out of money. So that was great. But, and he was helping me on the engineering side. And I was really focused on the business side. And my area of expertise is product management and product marketing. So I sat down and started working on the marketing plan. And, of course, when you're building out any type of hardware product, one of the most expensive initial costs you have is tooling. Um, which is basically where we have to pay a, a manufacturer to create those initial tools so that we can mass manufacture the product. And that's very expensive. And we had estimated it was going to cost us about $30,000. Uh, being a startup and not really having $30,000 to throw in the tooling, especially with the many iterations you have to do before you get something that's actually viable for mass production, I thought, well, why not crowdfunding? A lot of other people use it, and it works well. So I, you know, sat down and started thinking, which would I use? There are two main ones, as I mentioned previously, Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And I settled on Indiegogo, and I started working on the campaign. And when it got time to, you know, choose a category, I was a little bit dumbfounded because I was looking, and I was like, wow, there's all these categories, but none of these are going to be a good fit for a hair extension product. And uh, at that point, I kind of stopped and then took a step back and thought, this isn't going to work here. And this would be a waste of my time to spend hours, if not days, building out this great campaign that no one would ever see unless I spent a ridiculous amount of money on outside marketing, which, again, uh, we really didn't have. So I started doing some research to see if other people were having this problem. And I found a newspaper article that was written a couple of years ago and it was about this very problem. Uh, there was a, a woman who had been trying to get her, her um, beauty business off the ground, and you know she tried the crowdfunding route, and it was miserable, the whole experience for her. She obviously didn't make her goal. I don't think she made anywhere near her goal. 
and it was just a real negative experience and it, and it kind of set the precedent that beauty products really didn't belong in a crowdfunding space. So at that point, I did some additional research, found a couple additional articles. Um, there were a few successes in this space, but they're, they're few and far between. And they generally involve a lot of resources, either a, a very heavy existing base of customers who will go to your campaign and back you, or you just have the money to do a mass marketing campaign, which most startups don't. And as I started to dig a little bit deeper, I, I noticed that there was a, a massive hole um, in the crowdfunding space for beauty brands. At, at that point, I started to do a bunch of different surveys. I joined a bunch of Facebook groups on both the backer and a potential um, the founder side and the backer side, trying to get an understanding of is there a need in the market for a crowdfunding solution for the beauty industry. And it became pretty apparent that there was. Um, surprisingly enough, as I did my research, I had a lot more interest from men on the backer side than I did from women. From women, and, and I thought that was a little bit unusual. But as I did my research, it became very apparent that crowdfunding, as it stands today, rewards-based crowdfunding, specifically Indiegogo, Kickstarter, have almost an 80% audience which are male. So you've got about 20% of females that will visit these sites. The majority of people who back campaigns today are male. Um, so it would stand to reason with that in mind that a crowdfunding platform, even though it's more beauty-centric, would appeal more to men than it does to women. And the data also showed that women tend to, in the way it, the landscape is today, tend to back more donation-based um, crowdfunding activities. So that being said, it, it, this is going to be a completely new area for women. Um, beauty Backer as a whole is a very inclusive platform. So even though beauty is in our name, we define beauty as anything that makes a person look and feel good. So that means that we have, will have products within our platform that are geared towards men, geared towards gender neutral individuals, geared towards beauty technology. We're, we're very open as far as who we anticipate our audience will be. And it's designed that way on purpose because of how we define beauty. So this is, um, I love the, the fact that it came from sort of a pain point. I think all good ideas do. Um, but before the hair extensions company, you had a very long career in technology. Walk us through mm -hmm. what that career um, involved and the types of companies you worked at. Absolutely. So I've, I've been in the uh, technology space for about 20 years, the past almost 15 years. I've worked in product management and product marketing. And throughout my career, I've worked at every PC manufacturer except for Apple. So I started my career at Alienware, which is a gaming company. Um, they were based in Miami. They were purchased by Dell shortly before I left. And I moved from Alienware over to Hewlett Packard, where I worked in product management and product marketing for almost seven years. Um, I then got an opportunity to work for IBM, so I relocated to North Carolina. And I spent a year and a half at IBM doing product management on their server team. And then that business got purchased by Lenovo, so I ended up at Lenovo uh, for another year and a half. And somewhere within there, my three years in uh, North Carolina, I got married. Uh, marriage didn't work out. I got divorced. I relocated again because 
you know, I'm a single mom and my son did not want to stay in North Carolina once, you know, that, that marriage fell apart. So I relocated again. And uh, today I live in Georgetown, Texas, which is a suburb, you could say, of Austin. And I work for Dell. That's my day job. And um, it won't be my day job for long, though, because I will be transitioning over to full-time at Beauty Backer as soon as I get this launched. But um, So I've been in this space for about 15 years. And today, um, my day job at Dell is really strategy-based. So I do strategy for the client business at Dell. Um, one thing I will say is that, you know, I've been, as I said, an inventor for many years, and I've always wanted to do my own thing and have my own business. I never thought it would be something like this. It, it just happened to take me down that path. And I'm a firm believer that life will take you down the right path for you. So I, I believe that this is the right path for me, even though it wasn't the intended path. Uh, that being said, I think to myself, could I have done this 10 years ago? And the answer is, Probably not. And reason for that is I really do believe that building the experience that I did in product management and product marketing gave me the skill set to design this platform from the grounds up and get the resources I needed because everyone except for myself is an outside resource. I'm not a developer, but I knew how to go about getting a developer. And the experience that I had for my day job really gave me a thorough knowledge on how to build a product or in this case a platform from nothing and and launch it and make it successful so as much as i would have loved to have created beauty backer 10 years ago i think now is the right time i think the um the landscape for crowdfunding is pretty well set the beauty industry is about 10 years behind the rest of the industry um but it's the right time for it and i think you know, because based on the reception I've had so far when I've had conversations with founders and potential backers about the idea behind Beauty Backer, everyone is super excited. They are really thrilled to get on board and start using this platform, and I think it's going to be a huge success. So through your career, you've moved not just companies, but, like, you've picked up your, your home uh, many yeah. times to go to different parts of the country. Um, do you have like a sense of adventure that motivates you to do that? Or is it something else driving that? You know, when I made my first move from uh, Florida to Houston, it was a big step. It got a lot easier after that. You know, one of the things I always kept in mind as I was making these moves, I, I never moved for the sake of moving. I moved because there was a career benefit for making the move. Um, so I always got more money and I always got a promotion out of my move. I never just moved for the sake of moving. Um, I'm a very resilient person. I'm an extremely determined individual and I don't let anybody tell me what I should or should not be doing. I make my own decisions in that way. But one of the things that has always been a key driver for me as a single mom was making sure I moved at a time where it did, would not negatively impact my child's education. Uh, I moved when my son was seven. And he was little enough that the move really wouldn't have impacted him that much. But I always tried to make sure I made the move where it wasn't going to hurt his school year. So he would be coming into a new school either very, very early in the school year where he could easily catch up or over summer vacation where it would have basically no impact to him. Um, and I, I designed it that way on purpose. I, you know, for me, my, uh, my son always comes first. Um, my health comes second. 
So that's why I work so much because my health does come second. Um, but my son always comes first. So, yeah. Sad, isn't it? It should probably be the other way around. But he's always come first. So um, I always wanted to make sure that the decisions I made were the right ones for him. Um, and it would not negatively impact his academic career. And, and I think I made the right decisions. I mean, today he's a engineering student at Texas A&M. I pay for his education, which, you know, that's the one piece I wish I didn't have to do, but I'm a mom and it's my job, so I got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But he's doing great. And um, I, really, I really feel like all of the work I put into not uprooting him in critical moments of his life set a very good foundation for his future. So he's, he's on a very good path right now. And uh, it actually opened up kind of a window of opportunity for me being an empty nester that I can dedicate my weekends and my evenings and whatever other free time I have in between to getting beauty back off the ground and, and giving it a successful launch. I actually meet a lot of people in the empty nester stage who you know, really um, are reinvigorated by work because now they have fewer pressures, time pressures. Mm -hmm. Um, have you found that with your cohort? Like, do you have a lot of friends who sort of kind of found new paths in their careers at this time of life? You know, I got to tell you, honestly, I don't have a lot of friends, truthfully. I spend most of my time at home working, so I really don't get out too much. I mean, um, so, so no, I don't. I mean, most of my friends are still actually working in their day job. And, um, you know, it's, there are people in this life that are perfectly happy working at a company until they retire, and that's their goal. That's what they want to do. They, they don't really want to do anything else. Most of my friends are those people. I have very few friends who are actually driven to basically define their own life and not be a slave to some other company's corporate America policies. Um, so, so I don't have a lot of friends that actually even remotely like me, I would say I'm probably the only one out of all of my friends who thinks this way and acts this way and, and does these things. And, and it's always been that way. It, it's not anything new. Um, my friends uh, are very risk averse, uh, stay on the, the easy path and don't make any waves in your job and just stick around until you retire. That's how they think. Uh, I've always been the polar opposite of that, and it's interesting because I had a conversation with one of my dear friends last week, um, and I was telling her a little bit about what I was doing here, and I, one of the challenges that I hit, and she said to me, she said, Jacqueline, she said, you will get this sorted out. You always do. You never let anything get in your way. When you put your mind to something, you're going to make it happen, and, and that's the way I've been my entire life. I you know, I have goals in mind. There are things I want to do. There are things I want to achieve. I, I don't want to live this life and just disappear and be like I never existed. I want to leave a legacy. I want to build something. And for me, this is an opportunity to build that something. Well, you'll definitely make a lot of new friends through Beauty Backer because um, this mindset of um, pushing hard for your goals is something that I've seen many times in this industry, right? People who are super passionate. Um, and they don't really care what the odds are, you know, there are many odds against them, but it doesn't matter because they really believe in their vision. 
so you'll make new friends <laughs> who are um, a little bit more like-minded. But I have to say as an entrepreneur now for 12 years, maybe 13 at this point, uh, there are days mm-hmm. where I'm like, why don't I just have a job at a company? Like it happens like maybe twice a year where like the right. pressures of running the business or dealing with clients who are unhappy, like really gets to me. Um, I, I take it very personally. It's hard for me to separate it. And I just kind of daydream about having a job where I just get a, you know, a check every two weeks and I could probably be mediocre and be just fine. (laughs) Um, But then, of course, you know, the benefits of running my own business is that I have, you know, control over my time and the type of people I work with and the people I hire and, um, you know, what, what, what we do and how we do it. And that freedom is, you know, I'm very wealthy in that, right? Wealthy in that freedom. Um, so it's hard though, you know, I, I, I can see the allure of playing it safe when, um, whenever yeah. they and, feel and, like and, right. and, you, and you know what, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it works for a lot of people and, and I've done it myself while my son was, you know, younger and in school because it was the right decision for me at that time. I needed to make sure that I had a steady paycheck. Um, and I need to make sure that I was doing a job that, that had opportunity and was, was going to pay me well because. You know, as a single mom, you know, my son's father never contributed a dime to raising my son. So I've paid for everything his entire life, and I pay for his college now. And I'm okay with that. You know, it doesn't bother me. But it's, I, I think it's more of a – it's more of an internal self-satisfaction need for me than a financial need, if that makes sense. So obviously, I want Beauty Backer to be – amazingly successful uh, you know my goal is that within three years there are three three companies that people will think of when they think crowdfunding and we will be one of those three that is my goal but you know when I kind of think about it for me it, it's a personal satisfaction level and I, I guess it's just a level of pride in my abilities and what I've done and what I can accomplish that I can do with Beauty Backer that I would never be able to do if I stayed at Dell, for example. It's just not there. there there's a, a mindset within corporate America that I've found, at least in my personal experience. Personalities such as mine do not work well with traditional corporate America. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, I've I always got the same speech at every single year-end review, always. And I can pretty much, I pretty much know it verbatim at this point. I've heard it so many times. But it generally goes something like this. Jacqueline, you're doing a good job with all these other activities, but you really need to work on your soft skills. You really need to work on, on having a more amen, amenable um, personality. You know, basically play the game. I'm just not built that way. And, and after <laughs> all these years of having people tell me, you need to be softer, you need to be, you need to play the kumbaya game, you need to go to all these social events we have, you need to do it. I have already established in my, in my brain that these are things I will never, ever do and will never, ever be. I'm just not one of those people. I, I like to do my work and I like to be recognized for the work that I do, not with hats on the back and little badges online and all of that stuff. 
but pay me if you think I'm doing a great job. Pay me my money that you feel I'm worth. If you're not paying me, you just give me a little sticker. Stickers are great when you're in kindergarten. When I'm an adult, I don't care about stickers. I care about what you're paying me. I care about moving up the ladder. I, feel, I care about growth. I, feel, I care about feeling like I'm learning something new every day and that what I do really matters. I feel that way, even though I'm in the early stages with Beauty Backer, I feel that way. I feel like what I'm doing matters. I feel like people care. I feel like it's going to have a real impact on the beauty industry, and I can make a difference. I can give visibility to these founders that today they struggle to find it. I can give those beauty lovers who today are getting really frustrated with relying on influencers who are only collecting a paycheck, and they think that they're getting truth from these influencers. Instead, what they're getting is what the influencers are basically being told to say in exchange for money. Um, I get satisfaction out of being able to put those potential backers in direct contact with real up-and-coming beauty startups so they can have that conversation, so they can understand what it is that these startups are doing to create better beauty products, products that are kinder to the environment, that are sustainable, that are all natural, where they don't have to, you know, learn a new language to pronounce the ingredients that are in the, in the skin cream they're using. You know, these types of things I really care about. And I think for me, the big difference between working for corporate America and doing a job I understand and I know and I'm good at and I get it versus beauty backer is that, that connection, that, that ability to really make a difference in people's lives. And while a lot of people will look at something like beauty backer and think, well, it's a crowdfunding platform. Do you really care about bringing these people together? It's just making you money. Yes, it's making me money. I wouldn't be doing it for free. I'm not, you know, that nice per se. But um, but it really is about bringing people together because everybody, I think, believe everybody intrinsically wants to help each other. They want to do what's good for their skin. They want to do what's good for the world. Um, and I, I think people at heart are good at wanting to see others succeed and not just rely on helping the big companies that are out there, you know, swallowing up smaller companies and, and basically still being those big companies, but in new packaging. They want to help the little guy. They want to see these smaller companies succeed. And I get satisfaction out of being able to bring these people together. I've spoken to a lot of founders. I've heard a lot of their pains, the challenges that they have, and I really want to help them. And, and I think... You know, for me, this is a win-win. I get to do something that I'm good at, which is basically launching product and, and watching it be successful. And um, I get to bring people together. And I get to help these founders find their own success and help these backers find good products that are, you know, have an opportunity to really make a difference in how they improve their, their skin or their outlook or their overall beauty desires that they have, as well as helping these companies grow and see their own uh, level of success become a reality. So I feel really good about what I'm doing. Even though I, I'm not going to lie to you, I love getting a paycheck every two weeks. I get a very good <laughs> paycheck, and I'm quite happy with that, um, which is why I still have my day job, because Beauty Backer hasn't launched yet, and I'm not at a point yet. 
well, I can walk away from that because I do get paid very well for what I do. Um, but I look forward to the day when I can walk in and give my boss my badge and say, you know what, this has been great and I appreciate everything you've done for me. My business is doing well and I can go and help some other people now. I look forward to that day. Well, my last question for you is um, about how you got connected with Beauty and Money Summit, because it's pretty cool to be able to launch this. It's such a like-minded event. How did that relationship mm -hmm. come about? So, um, as I mentioned earlier, I, as part of my initial uh, investigation into whether or not there was a market here, I joined a bunch of Facebook groups. And one of the Facebook groups that I joined, I was able to get in touch with um, a woman by the name of Kat Collins, and she has a consultancy business in the beauty space. And I reached out to her, and we had a couple of very good conversations. Um, I started then looking around opportunities as Beauty Backer was evolving at where can I go and talk to people about this? Because creating something in a vacuum that nobody knows exists is a recipe for failure. So I had to make sure that I could get um, enough opportunities to build awareness. So uh, I found the Beauty and Money Summit and kind of took a quick look through their proposed agenda. And I saw that they had a session on crowdfunding, but they didn't have a speaker. So I reached back out to Kat and I asked her, I said, hey, do you know anybody at this event? And she said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be at that event. Let me put you in touch with somebody on that side. Um, and she did. She basically sent an email and introduced me to a contact over at the Beauty and Money Summit. And the ball just kind of rolled from there. Um, they scheduled a call with me, very similar to the call we're having today. I told them what Beauty Backer was about, and they were thrilled. They were thrilled that someone was actually doing this. And um, they offered me the opportunity to speak at their crowdfunding session at the show and also, you know, um, some other marketing activities as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, my first try I did uh, actually get a speaking engagement. I'm hoping that I can do some other shows with them in the future because I know they have several a year. And I think the next one coming up is going to be L.A., so I want to make sure that I have an opportunity to participate in that one. And any other opportunities I have to get out there because um, I think this is an important offering that I have here with Beauty Backer. I think building awareness is key to its, its success. So uh, any opportunity I have to get out there, I'm looking for, obviously, um, the ability to speak, the ability to do interviews. I do have several interviews lined up as part of my engagement with this show. Um, and I'm looking to expand upon that as much as I can. So because awareness is key. And I think once we can get a good amount of awareness and um, some press engagements and hopefully some articles here and there, uh, Beauty Backer is going to quickly become a pretty well-known crowdfunding platform for both founders and for backers. And, and I, I, I can't help but say how incredibly thrilled I am at all of the positive response I'm getting to Beauty Backer so far, and we haven't even launched yet. Um, people, people are just really thrilled about what we're doing. We will be, just before we close, I just want to make, let everybody know, we will be um, running a contest here probably a week prior to launch. Um, so please keep an eye out at our Facebook page, which is Beauty Backer on Facebook. And, um, and I'm really excited. So I will definitely uh, put that out there probably a week before we officially launch. So look for that the week of, I would say, the 18th. 
is when you should be able to see that contest out there. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us on the show today. I'm really glad thank to you very much for having uh, me. met you over the phone and get to see you face-to-face at the event. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.